Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Blind Boys Politics here with your Monday news show, as we always are. Chris, how are you doing? It's Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that's how we start. Okay. I say you just keep that in there. Oh, yeah, we will. I do. <laughs> do you want to try I, that again? I tried to sound like a cheerful little kid, and that went so well. Do we want to try that again? Yes. Okay. Welcome back to Blind Boys Politics. Um, we're here with your Monday morning news show, as we always are. Chris, how are we doing today? It's Christmas week, Nick. Oh, I'm doing it again. <laughs> you said it better that time, though. Okay. You said it better. What the hell? <laughs> it's do, do Christmas you week, our, Nick. Do you guys love our intro yet? This isn't a representation of my life. <laughs> but you're you're right, Chris. It is Christmas week. Uh, four times to say Christmas week. Mm. Yeah, no, it, it is Christmas week, and I'm very excited. I love Christmas. I've always loved Christmas, and I am so happy we are finally here, not just for the holiday, but by the pure fact that it means that I'm off school for a while. Nick, I don't want to burst your bubble, but you have school today, and I don't. <sighs> don't remind me. And At you least have school online. the next day, Yes, and I don't. Yeah, and then on Wednesday, I'm going bowling, so... Life is okay. Technically, you would have school if it wasn't senior skip day. Skip day, kids. And I don't have school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, suck it. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> it will come back and bite me somehow. I know eventually. Eventually. I know where it does. But Every time. <laughs> yeah, I do have school. and At least it's virtual. I don't have to wake up at 6 in the morning, 7 in the morning. But, I can give you a call. Please don't. Because I know I'll be awake with a million thoughts in my head. I'll just meet you. You think that's going to stop me? <laughs> We've had this conversation before, Nick. Great. Can't wait for that. I oh. have your mom's number. I can call her and tell me, put you in her ear. Oh, her- God. <laughs> what? Put you in her ear. <laughs> Remember how, I think it was last episode, we had such a good time with English, or two episodes ago, whatever it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're starting that again. <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is... I can call your mom and tell her, Yeah, give you the phone, uh-huh. and I will start talking. Uh-huh. Now, if that doesn't work, I'm just leak your number on Twitter. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm officially scared. Anyway. So if I call you, talk to me, buddy. Of course. Of course. Because it's Christmas week, and you need to be cheerful. You sounded like discount Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> That's what you get on Broad Street. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I love that. But no, I Can I, I be honest? What? Christmas is great, right? Yeah, of course. And then New Year's comes, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. But then you have the long stretch of winter. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but today, the 21st, 
is the winter solstice. So the sun, the sun, hmm. the sun stays out five minutes later each yeah. day. Yeah. But for me, that's not long enough. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but the long stretch from January 1st mm-hmm. to, let's just say, April is extraordinarily long. It's tough. For me, I don't know what I have a harder time with, though. The stretch from January to April or from, like, I'd say November until December 21st. And the reason I say that is because when maybe some some years it's even like October when this starts. When you, especially around here in New York, you start to get into that cold weather and it starts to get dark and darker and darker and darker faster. It just becomes so miserable because at one point you're like, oh, it was so warm and beautiful and great. And then all of a sudden it's just, I, I, it's dark and cold and miserable and I don't want to leave my bed ever again. Full transparency. Today was a perfect example. I started my nighttime routine, you know, kind of getting ready for bed, turning on the TV, watching TV, yeah. thinking it was like nine o'clock. I looked at the clock. It was 531. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I don't know if it's just this year along with daylight savings time, mm-hmm. but it feels like this year is killing me with the sun going down. Yeah. Like, I could honestly probably go to bed at 7 o'clock every night. I totally get that. And the thing for me, too, is, like, when you get into January and you're in that long stretch from the end of the holidays until spring, at that point, you've had, or at least in my case, since I'm still in school, you have a pretty decently long break to just kind of reset and don't ha- you don't have to worry about schoolwork and stuff like that. Um, you get a chance to just reset a little bit before you have to tackle the next like four months. And so by the time you restart again, it, it's just kind of easier to take and accept. All I have to say is that's all I have to say. All I have to say is sigh. Because that's a mood in itself. Because it is and I don't know why it's this year. I feel like this year is worse than mm-hmm. all the other years. Because I mean that's ridiculous. Thinking it's nine o'clock and it's five thirty one PM. Yeah. Well, it definitely has been a hard year. It's been a extraordinarily hard year the hardest we've had in a long time but that's actually a pretty decent segue into our first topic should we talk about the culprit that's involved with our first topic (laughs) the reason for this Mm. if you don't know what it is maybe covid coronavirus covid19 the rona Whatever you want to call it, it's still around. It hasn't gone away. And And I hate to break it to you. There is a new strand. Yeah, they found a new strand of COVID in the UK. And it it spread pretty quickly. Now, before 
you get too worried. The vaccine does still work on it. It's not, it hasn't like mutated into something that the vaccine doesn't work on. But the leader of the United Kingdom did say that it could be spreading faster than the original. And to be exact, 70% faster. Now, while this is being speculated and reported, the scientists in the UK don't actually know if this is the, the case yet. It's not confirmed. There is um, many reasons for why this could be spreading faster. But what we do know is wearing a mask will still protect you. It's not more deadly. There is no reason to panic over this. There has been other strands found in other parts of the country. Other parts of the country. In other countries, no reason to panic. Everything is okay. Moving on from that, moving back to the U.S. here, we take a look at some of the stats going on at the moment with this whole thing. And Tennessee has gone on a huge rise and they have some of the worst numbers around the country at the moment. Uh, People being sick in the hospital has dropped. One stat to be aware of as the holidays approach though, is that over 1 million people have gotten on a plane in the past two days to travel for the holidays and as we've mentioned, as we mentioned pretty much right around Thanksgiving, numbers are expected to surge because of the travel going on around the holiday season. The vaccine, that's the best friend of COVID right now. Um, it's its companion. Yes. Moderna did get an emergency approval from the FDA and shipments are expected to start rolling out this Monday morning. So that's always good news. It adds more doses of vaccine onto what we already had with the Pfizer vaccine. And hopefully it can start to tackle some of, you know, some of this whole situation and hopefully bring us back in the right direction. Now we get into some rather interesting news is the best way I can really put it. And there were emails released for the public to read um, that were sent from Trump's hand-picked health advisor. The reason that these emails got released in the first place was because there's a current investigation going on about whether or not politics have interfered with the course of the virus and all of that going on. So it started out well, with what we have here to show you, it starts out on May 30th when he sent an email ordering the censorship of a press release warning that minorities were going to get hit harder than most with, with this whole virus situation. On June 30th, he then attacked a doctor who went on TV and told people to wear a mask to stay safe. On July 3rd, he emailed his staff in an attempt to stop Dr. Fauci from talking to the press and said, who cares if it infects young people? 
on July 4th, he emailed scientists to promote a scientifically disproven theory that it's a good thing for, quote, infants, kids, teenagers, and young people to get the virus to develop herd immunity, end quote. There were many other emails sent that were released in this report, 11 pages long, but these were key points of the emails that we felt were worth pointing out in what was discussed over and over, but the most detail given in these specific emails. If you do want to read all 11 pages, they are available for the public to read, so you can always go and find those. But for the meantime, we move away from COVID and all the drama that surrounds that. And President-elect Joe Biden has made more nominations for his staff. And it starts out with announcements about the EPA or the Environmental Police. So the nomination is for the director of the EPA, and it's Michael Regan. He worked for a Democratic and Republican president leading teams of scientists in their fight against air pollution. He was also involved in the country's largest cleanup of coal and ash, where an electrical company had to pay $9 billion for screwing up the rivers and the groundwater supply. This took place in North Carolina. He grew up hunting and fishing with his father and grandfather. Him and his current wife, along with their son, live in North Carolina. He is the first black man to lead the EPA in the country's history. That's not the only pick that President-elect Joe Biden made, because he also announced his interior director. And this is Deb Holland. She's the daughter of a Navy sailor and Marine officer. She's essentially in charge of protecting the national parks and wilderness. And she's also involved in programs protecting Native Americans. She is the first Native American to serve in the role. She went to law school while on food stamps. She raised her daughter and owned a salsa-making business for extra money. She spent most of her summers in a house with grandparents without running water. So that's crazy to see that she went from living on food stamps, living in a house with no running water, to being a cabinet member running the interior. She's gone all the way around. You know, she's lived both ends of the worked her, worked her way all the way up. Yeah. So that's an update on the picks for staff. Obviously, we'll continue to update those as they come out. For now, we move into some rather disturbing news, I guess I'd call it. And that's that there's a hack threat. Well, not even a threat. There were parts of major networks in the country that were hacked. Um, We found out about this when Joe Biden had one of his daily intelligence briefings. And he ended up coming out and saying that he was worried. Top level spies are saying this is really bad. Well, what what's actually going on? Well, the Russians hacked into our nuclear weapons research and the stockpile of nuclear weapons. 
The government moves nuclear weapons from place to place all the time for security reasons. The Russians were able to hack into that as well. They were also able to hack into parts of our government that controls our electrical grid. The attack did not involve the flow of electricity by any means, but they did try to steal information that would be used to turn off the electricity across the entire United States. We don't know at this time if that part of the attack was successful, though. So just a little information as far as you know, where we stand as far as national threats go, you know, international threats. And I'm sure there will be more news coming yeah. out from this, and I'm sure we'll be talking about that when it comes. But uh, President Donald Trump met with a lawyer in the Oval Office Friday night, and tell us some details about that, Nick. Right, so essentially what happened here was that this lawyer accused a Venezuelan dictator that's been dead for seven years, mind you, of working with Joe Biden, uh, a a former governor of Georgia, Hillary Clinton, the CIA, and the Cuban government. Apparently, this dictator has been communicating with them all. They're also being accused of using voting machines to change millions of votes from Trump to Biden. She filed four lawsuits, including one called Kraken. The judge threw every single one out. Um... Trump is now considering putting her in charge of a government investigation into the election. Let me just tell you, nothing is going to come from this because all lawsuits and everything had to be taken care of by December 14th. That's when the electors met that day has come and gone. It is now December 21st. Nothing can be done to change this election now. And that's the bottom line. And the perfect segue into that is Trump asked his advisors Friday night if he could um, declare martial law and hold a new election. Yeah, this did actually happen to happen during a meeting in the Oval Office and the people that worked for him said no, of course. This, this sounds scary, of course, declaring martial law that doesn't usually happen unless you're in a time of absolute emergency. Well, don't worry. There's no reason to worry about this. Nothing's going to come of it yet again. The military has already declared that they will have zero involvement in the election or any of the, any of these proceedings. And yeah, there's no reason to get worked up about this. Now, we highly doubt that anything's going to come of this, but as usual, we will keep a very close eye on Washington this upcoming week, and if anything happens, we'll sure to let you know the details of what's going on. But, uh, (laughs) guess what? news! And we got some good news. Yes, we do. And and it's not the usual good news segment. No, no, this comes from a very old, I should just call it a straight up segment at this point, because that's what it feels like it's become. It's stimulus. And if you weren't aware, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell announced that him and the four other leaders from the House and the Senate have agreed on a bill. We don't know exactly all of the, you know, everything that's involved 
in the bill. But we do know that it's a $900 billion relief plan. The bill's language, of course, like you could imagine, hasn't been released yet since we don't have all the info on what's in it. But we do have some information. Chris, why, why don't you let us know what we know at this point? At this time, there is a $600 stimulus, $300 a week unemployment, $284 billion in the PPP loans, $25 billion in rental assistance, eviction moratorium extension, $82 billion for schools and vex- vaccine distribution money. So, in other words, we have gotten pretty much all the things that we've been recently talking about as far as what's been proposed and that includes the stimulus check. Now, there is a plan going to what is likely to happen. So let's tell you about that. So on Sunday night, the House passed a one-day stopgap, or in other words, another continuing resolution, to prevent the government shutdown for one more day. On Monday, the day of release of this episode, they will be, the House will be voting on two different things. First, they will be voting on the COVID-19 stimulus bill. And then they will be voting on the $1.4 trillion plan for 2021. Some lawmakers say that this is not enough and are going to try to make more stimulus bills in 2021. Now, keep in mind, nothing is official. This has not, you know, you don't guarantee the $600. You're not guaranteed the $300. The House and Senate still need to vote on it, and then President Trump needs to sign this before it's 100% official. Now, Nick, can I let the cat out of the bag? Of course. Wednesday, you Mm -hmm. always expect the regular dumb laws episode. Well, since Christmas is Friday... No one's going to want to listen to a news episode on Friday. So Wednesday, we are going to be pushing back all of our dumb laws one week. We will be giving a news update Wednesday morning. As if it was Friday, we will be talking about stimulus. We'll be talking about the budget passing and whatever news happens between Monday morning and Wednesday. Friday, you might be wondering, well, are you going to be releasing an episode? Yes, we are. And it will be an episode surrounded around... Christmas, good news, Christmas stories, and just Christmas. There'll be more details to come about that Wednesday, of course. But should we get into some rapid news, Nick? Let's do that. So Obama has released what his favorite song of 2020 was. And if you're curious to know what it was, it was Savage, the remix by Megan Thee Stallion featuring Beyonce. The NHL teams agree to a 56-game, quote-unquote, virus season, which is shortened than the usual 82 games per season. And that's all we have for Rapid News, but let's get into Chris's favorite segment, which would be good news, of course. Chris, you have our story this week. What do you have for us? So this week, um, it's kind of an unusual good news story because the good news doesn't happen without everybody pitching in. Um, What I'm talking about is reefs around America. And if you're unaware of what it is, it's on Christmas Day, a reef will be put on each soldier, fallen soldier's tombstone Christmas morning. And if you want to help, it's $15. You go to reefs 
um, around America, it's a $15. And then, like I said, the wreath will be put on each fallen soldier's tombstone. And this has been a thing since 1947, and they do it every year, every Christmas day. And it's just kind of a great little tradition that has started to give thanks to all the fallen soldiers for what they have done for our country. Yeah, it's a nice little acknowledgement for those who have fought for us for, you know, gave their lives for us in this country. It's a nice little, nice little heartwarming Christmas. I figured put it out there. Maybe someone will want to buy a reef or, you know, just put it out there. Yeah, exactly. No, I like this. Even if you don't donate, it's still a good story of what, you know, a lot of people get on Christmas Day. Yeah. You know, with Christmas being that season of giving as the, you know, as the saying always goes, it's nice to just give a little acknowledgement and a little thanks to those that did give their lives for the country that we live in. And it's very simple. It's, you know, as, as Chris just told us, it, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate or intricate or anything like that. $15 to put a wreath, a wreath on a fallen soldier's tombstone. That's awesome. Well, Nick, it's that time of day. End time of an episode. Goodbye. Um, if you have a new story for us, make sure you DM us on Twitter because we will be talking about it Wednesday morning. Just for you and everyone else because I'm sure if you want to know more about it, other people want to know more about it, and we will be happy to cover it for you. But until Wednesday morning, make sure you follow us on all social medias down in the show notes down below because we are always active on Twitter. It's never boring. You will not want to miss a minute of that. So until Wednesday morning, see ya. Bye, guys.